The scripture reading for this morning comes from John chapter 6, verses 25 through 35. They found him on the other side of the lake and asked, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, you want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understood the miraculous signs. But don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. For God the Father has given me the seal of his approval. They replied, we want to perform God's works to you. What should we do? Jesus told them, this is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. They answered, show us a miraculous sign if you want us to believe in you. What can you do? After all, our ancestors ate manna while they journeyed through the wilderness. The scriptures say Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father did. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is, is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, give us that bread every day. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Thank you for downloading our podcast. Make sure you subscribe to get new ones every week. And don't forget to check out our website and social media. What is sloth? I was fortunate enough last weekend that we had some friends get together to watch the Notre Dame and Texas Tech game. Of course, Texas Tech won that game. Of course, we also knew that where two or more gathered, uh, God would be there. Well, since it was at the home of a Texas Tech graduate, that's probably why they won that game. <laughs> Somehow, there was a, during one of the commercials, Frito-Lay had a deal in a convenience store and had a sloth that was trying to run a credit card. And of course, the line was really long, so it was really interesting. And once that, we kind of saw that, some of the comments were, I wonder if there's anybody that has sloth as a mascot. Just to let you know, there is. One is the Pacific Northwest College of Art up in Oregon. I'm sure there are many others. Uh, but the interesting thing is that they don't even have a sports team of any kind. <laughs> well, now you know. Sloth is defined as reluctance to work or make an effort. Laziness. And I'll be honest, I don't know that I, I equate sloth and laziness, but another definition is a failure to do things that one should do. As you all know that Ryan is a overachiever in taking care of people. That's one of the gifts that he has been given. We've been blessed because of it. And he would send me little tidbits of information where I'd let him know what kind of a message I'm putting together. So he let me know that sloth, of course, is an English word and that the Latin word for it 
is uh, Asadia. He also knows that I butcher the English language quite often, so he actually sent me the pronunciation. And just so you'll know, it's U-H-S-E-E-D-E-E-U-H. Simply means without care. Think of it like this. Hard work, diligence, at its best is an expression of love. So sloth is the lack of willingness to love. You know, maybe it's when God has blessed us by giving us talents and we choose not to use them or we choose not to groom them. God didn't give us access to those talents to store them up in a warehouse or use them for our own purpose only. God gave us the access to those talents to share them with the world, with your neighborhood, your church, maybe even someone you don't know. If you don't use those talents, it's kind of like hoarding talents. Italian philosopher Thomas Uquintums defined sloth as a resistance to the demand of love. Ms. Anne Lamont, in her book, Traveling Mercies, stated the secret is that God loves us exactly the way we are. And he loves us too much to let us stay like this. As I've retired at the end of 2021, I've had time to reflect on my work history, on what's going to be next, and try to define what retirement means to me. For many, retirement means stop working and doing the things you want to do. Golf, travel, watching your grandkids, or the one I enjoy the most, being a pain to your spouse. And I'll be honest, I'm pretty good at that one, but of course, I've been doing that for quite a while. For others, it means that you leave what you've been doing to follow your hobby. Maybe it's writing, or woodworking, or traveling, or what else it might be. Or maybe it's something you always wanted to do, and now you have the time and the resources. As I was visiting with Ryan one day, contemplating what's next, I began to realize that for more than a half a century, I've worked. That half a century has not extended my life one day. It hadn't guaranteed me anything. Yes, we do carry forward things, experiences, family, friends, talents, we also carry forward heart issues, high cholesterol, back and knee issues, and maybe a few more pounds than we want. But do we really carry forward an extension to our lives? As we look at the Lord's Prayer, it gives us a pathway forward. The question becomes, what does sloth cost us? I'm not sure about you, but I know that definition of thought, sloth kind of reminds me of some of the things that I've done. Maybe it was when I was working 
Maybe it was when Carl and I were going through tough times and rather than come home and face it, I stayed at the office longer so I didn't have to deal with it. You know, if we're not careful, it becomes easier than facing the issue at hand. And it develops into a bad habit. You do this enough, and it becomes the standard to be distant, to not do what needs to be done. Knowing that we need to work on the love and grace we both want, but we won't admit we both need. As I was doing research on this message, and I'm sure many of you already knew this, I did not realize that the Lord's Prayer was made into seven different petitions. The first three, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Those all focus on God. And since it's his prayer, of course the thy is him. The next four sound a little bit more like us. Give us, forgive us. Lead us. Deliver us. Today we're going to explore, give us our daily bread. At first you might think about the bread that nourishes our bodies. And you would be right. We only need to look at Exodus 16, 4 through 5, when Moses was leading the Israelites as they wandered in the desert. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough that that, for that day. In this way I will test them and see if they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day they are to prepare what they bring in, and that is to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. Others of you may be thinking about the sacraments of bread and wine, or the body and the blood. You too would also be right. We look at Matthew 26, 26. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body. Maybe others are thinking of the connection to God and a way to reach out to him through prayer. You too are correct. We find in Psalms 5.3, In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you and wait unexpectedly. I came across an interesting quote that didn't have a name tied to it, so I'm going to say this is a Terry Lawrence quote. A quote came from us that says, Don't forget to pray today because God didn't forget to wake you up this morning. That one kind of hit me right between the eyes. Now, there's many ways to interpret, give us this this day our daily bread. Where I miss the definition is not understanding that includes all and more things than we can imagine. I also need to understand the importance of the word daily. Jesus reminded us in Matthew 4, 4, Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Probably the second part of that is every word that comes to the mouth of our wives. Another interesting piece I've learned in my research, defining Bethlehem in Hebrew. The name was pronounced Bet, B-E-I-T, meaning house, and Lehem, meaning bread, the house of bread. 
in John 6, 35 and 6, 48 through 50, Jesus go on to tell us the importance of the bread that he offers. In 35, then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Jesus goes on to tell us in 48 through 50 that I am the bread of life, but reminds us the difference between the bread we eat and the bread that comes from heaven. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, yet they died. But there is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that come down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. As I read this over many, many times in the last several days preparing for this, a couple things stuck out to me which anyone may eat. He didn't say where the sinless can eat. He didn't say where the righteous can eat. He says anyone. And I'm blessed because I fall in that anyone. The other part was, which I will give. Didn't say what I have given. He is preparing us for what's to come. Praying every day is a way to be connected to our Heavenly Father. God gives us grace that we do not earn. It is our job to work with God, to live in the grace that he has provided for us, and to continue to experience it every day. This past week I was asked to pray at the church staff meeting. One of the scriptures I used was 1 Corinthians 3.9. For we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. Prayer also helps us offset the things that I spend way too much time on. Worry. We're reminded in Matthew 6, 34. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And as Carla likes to remind me, quit borrowing trouble. If we are not to worry about tomorrow, we better stay connected with God and pray about today. Think about what we find in Luke when Jesus was invited by one of the Pharisees to, the home, to his home for dinner. And where the woman was there that washed his feet with her tears and her hair and placed perfume on his feet. Therefore I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. The other guests became, uh, began to say to themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. I hope that Jesus can say that about each one of us. Maybe we need to realize that without the gift of God's grace, we would be in dire straits. And then maybe we would be willing to share that same grace and love with many others. Now as the band will come forward, 
Another thing I've learned in the retirement side is that we don't uh, retire from being a Christian. We don't retire from being part of the body of Christ. We don't retire from our local church. You know, it's real easy to think, and we can maybe say, I've done my time. It's time for the younger folks to step up. Each of us have talents and skills that God has placed upon us. Our God-given DNA is unique to only us. Wouldn't it be a shame to waste them? To quit using them for the betterment of society? To not help our community? To not help a young member of our church? The real shame is if we take that talent, that service, to our grave and not pass it on to someone else. The last several months I've been asked many times, what am I going to do next? And when somebody asks that question, I tell them, I want to stay busy. God blessed me with the level of talents and skills just as he has each one of you that one day I will no longer be able to use or share. So I'd stay busy because I don't want to be selfish and waste the blessings of God. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for the leadership in this church. We ask that you be with us, give us guidance, and remind us that as you put people in front of us, it's our responsibility to help them and not walk around them because we're so busy. We pray this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.